You are listening to episode number 19 of Strike the Match. In this episode, my guest is Dr. Enoch Wan, author, professor, and pioneer in the study of migration and missions. The movement of the peoples of this world has resulted in a blurring of the lines between the domestic and the international. In our conversation, we discuss how this global reality has created a new paradigm of missionary thought and practice. So with that in mind, let's... Welcome to Strike the Match with pastor and missiologist Dr. J.B. Strike the Match is a podcast that addresses matters related to missions, innovation, and leadership. Now here's J.B. One of the uh, frontiers in kingdom expansion today is among the the peoples on the move or those that are, are migrating. And this includes people that are moving for work uh, out of their countries of birth into other parts of the world and students looking for uh, for programs to study. Uh, it also includes uh, the peoples on the move, also include refugees and, and those that are still remaining within their countries uh, as internally displaced peoples as well. And we just turn on the news today and we hear so much going on right now about migration and uh, things of that nature. Uh, some people are migrating uh, for better quality of life uh, out of out of the you know their 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 desire to um, to move but then there are some that are transitioning because they're being forced because of war or persecution and they're being forced to leave you know in the 20th century that that period of time was called the age of migration and um, and that issue of migration has continued on with us well into the 21st century uh, today on strike the match I am so excited uh, delighted, I would say, to have a good friend uh, with us, uh, one whom I've known for, for many years, uh, Dr. Enoch Wan. And, um, and you, if you don't know this brother, you need to get to know him. Dr. Dr. Wan is one of the world's leading experts in the area of migration and missions today. Uh, he serves as the research professor of intercultural studies and the director of the Doctor of Missiology program at, at Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon. I was just in Portland just a few months ago speaking up there. Uh, he served uh, for several years as the president with the Evangelical Missiological Society, and he's on the advisory board of the Global Diaspora Network. This uh, this brother is, is a scholar uh, in this field of missions, particularly related to the issue of, of migration. He has written numerous articles, presented numerous papers, and he has edited uh, numerous books on the topic of, of migration and mission. In fact, uh, some of his titles include uh, Scattered, the Filipino Global Experience, uh, Missions from the Majority World, and uh, a book entitled Diaspora Missiology. And so uh, we're going to have a conversation today about uh, this really, really important topic. So, Dr. Juan, I want to welcome you to Strike the Match. Thank you, J.D. Uh, it's good that we could have this conversation. Yeah, how, is, how is the weather at this time of year up in, in the Pacific Northwest? I was there about a month ago. It's uh, rainy, but uh, <laughs> once in a while we have the sun breaking out, so that's good. You know, I, I flew into Portland uh, to, to speak at a missions conference up there, and it was my first time to Portland. I've been to Seattle, I've been to Northern California, but I've never been to Portland. And uh, and it was the same thing. It rained, I think, the entire time uh, while I was there. Uh, so I didn't get a chance to get out and see um, see too much of the city, but I did get to have some great coffee and some great donuts. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, great. hey, I, I wanted to to ask you to kind of share with uh, with our listeners 
um, some general things related to what's happening in the world when it comes to migration. And so, so let me just ask, just kind of get us started. You know, you know just you know, on on a general level across the world, what what is taking place today when it comes to the movement of of the nations? We read and hear so much about it. What are you seeing? Well, what I'm uh, noticing is that because of uh, globalization, um, the simple and easy way of uh, international travel and also even domestic uh, movement of people uh, from the countryside to the city uh, with war and famine and um, international working force that are contributing to the global economy and so on. Uh, Multiple factors uh, have uh, created a situation that we have never had such a large scale of people Mm. moving from the homeland, either from the countryside to the city or from one country to another. Uh, That kind of movement of the people uh, had changed the mission field in terms of the landscape and Mm -hmm. conceptualization uh, quite uh, 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 impressively. You know, I um, I hear about a lot of people today, not just in places like the United States and Canada, but talking about unreached people groups that are migrating into their cities. So, so sometimes we, you know, in in, in missiological circles, we talk about um, you know the peoples on the move, the the nations that are moving. I mean, is is this really the case that that Places across the world, not just in the West, uh, they are also seeing unreached people groups move into their areas. Yeah, um, just just take um, China and India, the two most populous countries in the world. Okay, um, there are a huge number of people moving from the countryside to the city for education, for employment, for better quality of life in terms of the modern convenience. Um, huge number of people moving. Uh, for example, in another uh, about 10 years or so, the population of China, half of it will be in the city. Wow. Now, when you talk about enriched people because of uh, geography, because of uh, economics, because of communication, uh, because of transportation, that had been the barriers in the past. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, with this kind of urbanization, the movement of people come countryside to the cities, whether it be minority groups or religiously very closed uh, communities like Muslim, uh, Buddhist, um, folk religionists, they all move to the cities as students, as uh, migrant workers, as uh, entrepreneurs. Um, So uh, just inside any country, Uh you have movement of people from the birthplace, mostly countryside, uh, villages, and so on, moving into city. So urban mission had been a way of studying movement of people to the city for a long time. But now, uh, the situation is beyond just 
uh, urban phenomenon because then internationally you have also people right. uh, moving in large scale. You know, and and I've over the years uh, actually I think going back for me it was back in 2008 at an evangelical missiological society gathering um, where I was present with you and, and many others. You used the phrase back then, diaspora missiology, and uh, and you've even got uh, a book uh, by that title. What, what what is diaspora missiology? Well, um, studying uh, migration uh, and immigration uh, within the country domestically or uh, internationally. Uh, have been a major uh, field of research in social sciences. So it's nothing new in that. However, uh, because of my personal experience and as a family, as a a researcher for my dissertation and all that, uh, I realized that not only social scientists to study migration, Mm -hmm. uh, Christian ministers and mission uh, leaders and missiologists in particular have to study the movement of the people. Um, therefore, uh, I coined the new word, the new term, diaspora missiology, uh, to uh, capture uh, the historical uh, uh, background of the Jews uh, in exile in the Old Testament for a long, long time. Mm-hmm, right. And then the, in the New Testament, Christians being uh, persecuted and scattered uh, and so on. So there's a historical uh, background behind the word scattering, uh, diasporan mm-hmm. in Greek. Um, but in, in the anglicization of diasporan would be diaspora. So... I think it's not only a biblical term, uh, like in the parable of the sower, uh, the, the farmer scattering the seed. Uh, so the term is biblical. The phenomenon is historical, tracing back to the Old Testament of the exilic Jews and the Christians uh, in the New Testament time, including uh, epistles uh, written to those uh, on exile, whether it be James or Peter's and so on. So um, that's why I want to use this term diaspora as a new way to study mission. So missiological study has to do with the understanding of the Great Commission and the mission uh, sending uh, type of uh, ministry. Uh, so that's why I want to propose a new term, which is very Christian, very biblical, very historically mm-hmm. true and valid. And that's why I call it diaspora uh, missiology. You know, I, and I, I really like that uh, that terminology. And I know where I go, where I speak, and, and even in, in my writings, I, I've used that and referenced you uh, uh, as well. And I've noticed that, that a lot of people are are catching on to that, that, uh, that terminology. So, you know, as, as pastors who are listening, as, as missionaries who are listening out there, I think one of the questions that, that we often ask, and, and it's, it's rightly so because Jesus has told us to go and make disciples, 
is is the question why is diaspora missiology important today why why is this something that that we need to to really give attention to uh, today uh, could you speak into that please y- yes because um, in the past missiologists uh, have been uh, holding to this idea that uh, mission is more of geography. So within the country, right, that's, right. Uh, it's called evangelism. Uh, overseas, then it's mission. So yes. geography has a lot to do with it. And then the concept of unreached people, uh, that they are distant and uh, far away from the Christian West, and therefore is unreached and so on. There's so many uh, concepts and ideas and terminologies uh, in a missiological circle or in Christian mission understanding. But with the huge and intensive large scale of movement of people into the cities and into other countries, then all this old, uh, somewhat uh, artificial mm-hmm. uh, uh, conceptualization of geography, of um, linguistic barrier, of uh, regional differences and so on have been all changed. Uh, for, for example, a major situation is that the Christian West is no longer very Christian because all these Christian mm-hmm. missionary sending countries are now becoming mission field. Uh, and yet uh, Christianity is spreading and growing very fast in the global south. Right. And therefore, when you have the movement of people among them, it's interesting that uh, the, uh, the Pew research about uh, migration studies, they had identified um, more than, usually, more than 50%, sometimes up to 70% of immigrants are Christians. Mm. And therefore... Many of them coming to the uh, the, the the seven uh, developed countries, uh, with Japan being the exception, but otherwise all these countries, U.S., Canada, and the European countries and Australia, are now in a, a post-Christian uh, situation. Mm-hmm. So many of these people moving into the seven countries, mostly from the global south, uh, are Christians. And therefore, they bring their Christianity to this post-Christian West. And therefore, uh, we should not just look at it as a way of evangelizing what previously called unreached people because they are now in our neighborhood. But many of this from the global south are vibrant Christians for economic reason, for employment, for education, for freedom. They come into the uh, Christian uh, countries, the developed uh, seven countries. So um, the old way of talking about evangelism versus uh, uh, Christian mission, receiving versus sending, geographically, regionally, about Christendom being in the Northern Hemisphere and in the West. But now, uh, even the Pope is not no longer from Europe. It's uh-huh, from, uh-huh. from South America. Yeah. So you can see uh, the whole landscape is 
changing. So, and so therefore, this old way of conceptualization and strategizing are somewhat outdated. So the, so the, so the issue of migration is, uh, is really blurring the lines between what we used to call domestic and foreign. Is, I mean, is that correct? That's right. Uh, evangelism mission is uh, making disciples, and wherever they are, whether uh-huh. it be in the city or overseas, uh, that's where we, we go. So the old way of thinking geographically, uh, regionally, uh, historically, had all been changed. It's- and diaspora research is one way of, of uh, responding to this new reality in a more flexible way. You know, and one of the things I, I really like what, what you just you said a few moments ago, Enoch, is that not only is this issue of migration related to unreached people groups moving, but but majority world believers, I mean, people who have come to faith in parts of Asia and Africa and other parts of the world, they're also migrating. And so so you're we're seeing really a missionary powerhouse on the move as well, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's why um, in my book, Diaspora Missiology, in particular, uh, the revised edition, I added a new uh, strategy. In the first edition, uh, I talk about minister to the diaspora when they come to the industrial West, Mm -hmm. and ministry uh, through the diaspora. So those who came over to the Western West uh, with uh, evangelism reaching them, and therefore uh, they are very eager to evangelize their own family members and kinsmen. So it's to the diaspora when they first arrive. And then through the diaspora, through their network, uh, encourage them. You have to motivate and mobilize then they could evangelize their own, whether they came from so-called unreached people group or uh, remote areas, mm-hmm. um, doesn't make any difference. But then uh, when the newcomers have settled and acquired the language skill and the uh, profession so that they could settle down and they learn the language of the host family, and when they are vibrant Christian when we motivate and mobilize them, then mission could be done by them and even beyond them. Mm-hmm. So let's say uh, an Indian from India coming to U.S., they became Christians. They evangelized their own fellow Indians uh, in the U.S. or back home. But then when they know the language, and uh, accustomed to the cultural way and so on. And if they are strong Christians, they will use the language of the host country Mm -hmm. to evangelize. So they will be doing ministry beyond themselves, beyond their own group. That's wonderful. Now, this revised edition, there's a new one. Uh, I call it ministering or mission through the diaspora. Mm -hmm. That means you have to partner with them, whether they will be uh, immigrant, ethnic, good uh, uh, congregations mm-hmm. in, in the industrial West or back home, we should not dismiss them and say, we are sending missionary to you. That's, but that's instead, a, yeah, I think that's just a fantastic idea. And 
one that you know, the majority of us, and I'm, I'm speaking for the white majority, I guess you could say, uh, we're you know we're not used to partnership like that, um, and I think that we're going to have to exactly what you said. We're going to have to begin to 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 do those very things. I mean, that's right. So the great. additional way is not only ministering to them when they arrive, ministering through them through their network, uh, ministry and mission by and beyond them. Another one. The fourth one is ministering through them. So you partner with them. Um, it's no longer a matter of uh, Western missionary sending out. In fact, so many missionary sending countries are decreasing in their resources, mm-hmm. in their manpower, and therefore uh, shrinking. But then right. what you do is... Uh, invite the Global South Christians and the churches to partner together. Uh, even the Trinity, you have Father, Son, Holy Spirit working together. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, in, in, the, uh, in the Pauline uh, ministry uh, pattern, you will see that uh, he encouraged a lot of partnership, whether it be uh, inviting the Gentile churches, contributing to help the Jerusalem saints mm-hmm. who were suffering uh, financially, physically. Um, but uh, take the book of uh, 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 Philippians as an example. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Paul was very gung-ho about the church. Uh, for about 12 years, they have been uh, in kononia, in fellowship with uh, Paul mm-hmm. uh, in the gospel ministry. So... Christian partnership is very biblical, is very practical, and very relevant to the fact that the global south is growing, uh, the Christian west is shrinking, and Christianity is more vibrant uh, in the southern hemisphere than the north. And it's interesting that you see the movement of people from the global south Absolutely. to the to the north, from the rest to the west. There you go. Let me ask and, you a question on, yeah. on your, 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 your book, Diaspora Missiology. You, you, you put this together. This is a, an excellent work that I, I want to encourage those of you that are listening uh, to, to get a copy. Enoch Wan, Diaspora Missiology, Theory, Methodology, and Practice. It, the second revised edition just came out. But you have kind of a series uh, that you've been editing. Is that correct with this? Yes. Can, yes. can you just give uh, us a brief description of that before we wrap our time up today? Yeah. Uh, I have published several books. Uh, they came out from the uh, dissertations of doctoral students I supervised. Uh, for example, uh, I worked with somebody from Ghana, and um, so we had the book uh, studying uh, Ghanaian diaspora in the U.S. and how their church planting uh, 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 success uh, in, in the past uh, 10 years or so. Then I worked with another uh, student who uh, is a second generation uh, missionary in Sri Lanka. And um, because of security issue, we did not study uh, Sri Lankan uh, in uh, sensitive area, mm-hmm. but then we study uh, and did research of how Sri Lankans in the uh, Gulf regions in those countries 
how they have been scattered there, how they have been reached, how that they have uh, been doing very successful church planting and so on. There's another book about uh, Sri Lankan and comparing them with the wandering Jews of the Old Testament. So there's another mm-hmm. book. Uh, another one had to do with um, uh, Japan uh, because of the triple uh, disasters of tsunami, yes. earthquake, and the nuclear uh, uh, incidents. So a student of mine, a Chinese, spent um, eight years in Japan as a missionary. In fact, his uh, Japanese is better than his English. <laughs> but during the time of disaster, he was able to lead uh teams to go to Japan and minister to them in the time of crisis. Um, So even now in Japan, uh, there are a lot of people who are not allowed to go home because Mm. of the nuclear uh, incidents. Uh, So there's another book on studying uh, Japanese diaspora. And I think you've got one on on urban church planning also, is that correct? Yes, interesting. Yeah, that was a student of a doctor student of my former doctor student. Uh, <laughs> Multiplying who, yourself, brother. That's yeah, great. <laughs> yeah. And he's an, he's an urban church planter. And he did a dissertation, and then he came to me and said, Dr. Wan, what do we do with the dissertation? Mm. I said, your research is basically quite good, and the research findings could be uh, duplicated in uh, other urban centers in the U.S. So I worked with him and turned the dissertation into a book to be something like a a guidebook for uh, people in urban centers in the U.S. uh, how to work with uh, diaspora groups and develop diaspora congregations. So that's another book. So quite a few of them uh, in a series. So tell us, uh, if people want to follow up with you and get in touch with you, your website uh, address? Yeah, uh, they could easily go to my website and just string my first name, last name together. Okay. www.enochwan. Enoch, as in the Bible, W-A-N is my last name, enochwan.com. Inside the website, you will be able to see the list of these books, uh, the whole series on diaspora studies. Um, then they also will be able to uh, view my presentation in Tokyo 2010. Uh, April 2010, there was a gathering of uh, 4,000 people in Tokyo. And I did an address there. So there's an MP4 video recording at the website. I did another presentation in Lausanne uh, in South Africa at the end of 2010, and that uh, video is available there as well, along with uh, many of my papers on diaspora studies and relational paradigm, which is a way to uh, practice diaspora missiology uh, based on the understanding that Christian faith is basically relational in its doctrine, as relational in this practice in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, I just want to mention why significant is diaspora uh, congregation. Um, the largest congregation in Hong Kong is not Chinese, it's Filipino. Mm, wow. The largest congregation in Japan is Korean. And the largest congregation in Europe is not Anglican or Lutheran mm-hmm. or Presbyterian, but rather 
uh, African uh, immigrants in Europe, That's and right. they formed the largest congregation. So it's not just going for the number, but right. it's significant enough to understand that the Aspra missiology is working with people wherever they are, when they are receptive, as long as you could motivate and mobilize them for the mm -hmm. kingdom. Many of them will be uh, unpaid missionaries. Yeah. My guest today has been Dr. Enoch Wan, and uh, he is uh, one of the leading international missiologists on this topic of migration and missions and the concept of diaspora missiology. If you have not purchased a copy of his book, Diaspora Missiology, get a copy. Uh, you can check out his website at enochwan.com, E-N-O-C-H-W-A-N.com. Dr. Wan, thank you so very much for being with us today on Strike the Match. It's been a fantastic blessing. Uh, it's enjoyable talking to you and hopefully uh, a lot of listeners will pick up the idea and share the passion of moving to wherever people are, whether you're in the city or in your neighborhood, just like your book, Strangers Next Door. That will be uh, very helpful to practice it right away. I totally agree. Thank you so much, brother. Take care. Okay. Lord bless you. You have been listening to Strike the Match with J.D. Payne. You can find J.D. on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at J.D. underscore Payne. And if you'd like to check out more books, posts, and podcast episodes, visit jdpayne.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And we'd be honored if you would consider rating us or leaving comments. Thanks again for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time.